ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, children of all ages, to the winner is coming Game of Thrones podcast. This is Take the Black with House Razor. And I'm here with Corey Smith, Corey Phone, and Isis. That's right, Isis is back with us. And we're here to talk about all kinds of spoilery goodies. So if you don't want any spoilers for Game of Thrones Season 8, then please back away now because we will be getting heavy into those tonight. But before we start, Corey Smith, you've got... A neat little project going on right now, the uh, Winter is Coming's own version of March Madness. Tell us what's going on. Yeah, we've been running it. Um, we're running it basically the same schedule as the real March Madness tournament. So as the rounds go on, uh, we have different rounds and voting opens and closing. Right now, we're voting's open for the Sweet 16. We started out with 64 characters, uh, just like the, the real tournament. We're down to sixty, down to sixteen. So um, it's a lot of fun. Uh, we seeded all the characters: uh, John, Danny, Tyrion, and um, Cersei were the number one seeds. Um, and then we just went from there, and we ranked all the characters, and they've been facing off for the last week. So it's How, a lot of fun. You say we? Who? Who's the governing body of this? Uh... Uh, basically, I'm the governing body. But... Oh, that's a fucking epic fail right there. Yes, uh, some people were pretty upset with some of the seedings, but you know, we we based it basically on screen time, important importance to the show, and the overall plot. You know, things like that, and and we went from there. The seedings, uh, I don't know that they matter as much as like in the real life tournament, but um, you know, because people like who they like, regardless of how much. I don't know, man. I don't know. Ask ask West Virginia. Seedings always matter. Yeah. Well. So I mean, it's been fun. You know, we've had we hadn't had quite as many upsets. Cersei got bounced by uh, Sam Tarley last week. Oh. Um, but, but it hadn't been as bad as last year when Littlefinger was basically smashing everybody. But weren't we uh, pretty sure people were brigading Littlefinger yeah. all the way to the top? Yeah, we we put some more protections on the voting this time and only allowing single voting things like that. So we're hoping the Russians don't get involved and you know <laughs> tilt voting. But Littlefinger's already been eliminated. So this year so far the the person that looks like an outlier is Masande. She's she's uh knocking out people left and right by huge margins. So wow. you know, we'll see. But yeah, we're on sweet 16 through Friday and then um of course, the Elite Eight will just be a couple days of voting because, we, like I said, we follow the real March Madness schedule. So sometimes the voting periods are like a week, and sometimes they're just a couple days. Odds on favorite, putting you on the spot, who, who, who are you picking to win this whole thing? John's been getting a lot of votes this year, um, but so has Tyrion and Davos. So I'm, I'm going with either one of those. Um, Danny doesn't ever really seem to do very well. I think she got eliminated in like the second round last year. So sounds about right. Yeah, yeah. I, I, it you know you kind of think oh those are the people that'll that'll win it, but um, I mean you know people like who they they like. I mean the Hound did the Hound had the most votes in the second round. Davos had the most um, in the first round. So. I don't know. I'm pulling for for my boy Davos, but I think it would probably end up being Tyrion. Interesting. Tyrion. Okay. Well, so that's the winter is coming March Madness. Head over to the site. Um, when do you put the new the, the new post up each week? Uh, well, like I said, we follow the, the, the real March Madness tournament, the real March Madness men's 
side. So um, I think the Sweet 16 is Thursday and Friday are the games. So we'll close out the Sweet 16 voting uh, Friday night, and then Saturday morning we'll have the Elite 8 up, and that will run just, I think, Saturday and Sunday are those games. And then the Final Four will be, the Final Four and the Championship will be next week. Cool. All right. So um, let's get right into filming spoilers. Uh, we're going to start with Titanic Studios in Belfast, Northern Ireland. And this is where they're building a big, probably the, the largest, most sprawling set they've ever built, um, I, I believe. Could be incorrect with that, but I believe it's the biggest one. And they've been building these walls. Um, they, 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 we talked about it in our last podcast. They had um, gates where it looks like they've destroyed them and rebuilt them. So it looks like if they're going to try to have some kind of attack at at King's Landing, they can they can easily show it broken and destroyed. Anyway, we've got some new photos that surfaced last week of a dome-like structure has been erected behind one of the towers. Now, right now, uh, the latest photo we've seen is a, gl- it's all covered in glass, or it looks like a glass or a mesh. But here's the thing. The last time we saw a dome in King's Landing was the Great Sept of Baylor. Corey Phone, let me ask you a question. Do you think there's time in Season 8 for Cersei to restore the faith? Uh, not unless it's in her image, I would say. <laughs> she... She's going to. Uh, she, I mean, she'll make fear the new religion. is Is going to be her goal. She's going to be ruling by, you know, um, I don't know. I already said fear. I'm tired. It's been a very long day, so I'm just going to say fear again. Fear. So apo- hate. Apologies to the listeners out there who expected me to have uh, more. Uh, whatever the word is, it means words that mean other things as well. Uh, synonyms. Yeah, there we go. Uh, uh, listen, this is not a great answer to this question. It's also not a great start to this podcast. I feel really uncomfortable that, right now. I don't know about you guys. For that, really... I apologize. But if I could just talk freely for a moment, if you or your loved ones have mesothelioma, then please call one eight hundred. Yeah, I, uh, Cer- Cersei's not good. It's not for the church or anything. Uh, I don't know what the big dome is for. I, I haven't read the books. I know there's. We've already seen the dragon pit thing, so it could just be the circuses in town. I don't know, but I, mean, I don't, I don't we, think we don't, we have no books to go on here, man. We're flying blind with you guys, so we don't know what's going on. Um, How does it feel? It does not feel great, to be honest with you. And even if we weren't flying blind, I still don't think they would line up with each other. But um, ISIS, it's so great to have you back. How are you doing? I'm doing great. How are you guys doing? We're all we're all happy to have you with us. Let me ask you. I'm happy to I'm happy to be back, except for the other Corey being on. Oh but God. I'm happy to be back. Oh my God. <sighs> There's a yeah. sigh. There it is. Isis, let me ask you. Um, any reason you can think of a dome randomly appearing on the King's Landing set? I mean, we. I, I just want to say that you know I want to point out that you said erected. Erect. <laughs> That's fair. That's fair. <laughs> just want, just wanted to point that out. <clears throat> Points. Yes. So anyway, no, I, I mean, I, I guess they could, you know, I agree with Thon that if they're building some kind of church or or whatever the case may be, um, I think it would be, you know, definitely to instill, you know, fear of these 
white walkers coming over here, fear of Danny and fear of John and all those things that are happening in the north. Uh, so she'll, she'll definitely try to use it as a tool to, to, you know, have everybody in the south fear what's coming, what could be coming down. Um, and, uh, and of course, you know, her, she's the only person who could probably save them and all these other things. So I, I could, I could definitely believe that, but I, I really, I'm at a loss. I really don't Cersei know. Cersei kind of reminds me of my, when I imagine how she rules Westeros, I kind of think of her sending out tweets in anger to, to like other rulers and like maybe something happens. The White Walkers destroy a town close to the King's Landing and she's like thoughts and prayers out to you know, small town next door. So, oh no, she, she she, would she's probably, a thoughts and prayers no, type person. No, 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 I don't even think that. I think she would probably be like tweeting like, "Ha, see, they didn't want to fall under my rule, and that's what happens when you do that." Yeah, fake news. Sad. Sad. Yeah. Crooked Daenerys. All right. So, um, Corey Smith, Sorry. let me go to your put these. Cup these hooligans in their place and give me your expert opinion. What you think the dome is, dude? I have no idea. Oh god damn it! Nice. Come on, god damn it! <laughs> I mean, okay, because there's no there's no more dome structures in King's Landing because she blew up the the Septa Bay Lord. We thought we would see last season the Dragon Pit in the books is always described as like a ruined dome, mm-hmm. so partially there and last season we saw obviously it wasn't so i mean unless she's rebuilding the sept with some sort of you know cersei friendly high septum i mean I, I don't know what the dome structure would be i mean it's possible it could just be some random building i mean at this point it seems like they're basically building king's landing in real life well we know they're leaving the set up after getting thrown ends. well yeah i mean if you build a city like that why i mean like they still have you know when they filmed uh here, here you go thone when they filmed the alamo down here <laughs> back, two shows in a row <laughs> they they still left the setup afterwards i mean it's on some guy's ranch uh down south here so i mean they spent like a, they said over a million dollars so why would you just demolish it if you don't have to i mean there's not really any reason to to get rid of it unless you need the space or something like that, and I don't see that being a problem. So here's a thought, or here's or thought. it could be it could be something like a, a flashback of when the the sept was there or something like that, and then they're going to use that for when they go and do prequels of Game of Thrones. This I is mean, a, this this is a decent point, and I thought about that. And yeah, the, and the if, when you look at the zoomed in picture, it's on Winter's Coming. Obviously, you can see the dome is not that large compared to the other buildings. They obviously can build around it with CGI and make it however they want to, but here's my thought. Fast forward to the end of the show. Maybe we get a a happy sort of ending, and Daenerys is ruling the Seven Kingdoms, and she has to rebuild the Dragon Pit, and that dome is part of the new Dragon Pit where her dragons live now. I don't know. Maybe I'm... Just I maybe this is just me spitballing here. Oh God! Oh God! Here it comes. But maybe they took a page. Maybe Benioff and Weiss and everybody took a page out of Nick Saban's playbook, and that <laughs> dome is like the injury tent, and they're going to film all the exclusive scenes that are spoiler heavy underneath that dome. I like that way it. nobody can take pictures of it. Goddamn cheating ass Saban! All right. <laughs> 
<laughs> so um, that's the fun stuff going on in King's Landing. We have a dome that has been erected, and um, we are continually watching that set as uh, filming continues for Season 8. Um, speaking of filming, they're wrapping up, or they, for all practical intents and purposes, have wrapped up filming at uh, Money Glass in Northern Ireland, where they filmed the set for Winterfell. Now, here is some really cool stuff that's come out. The castle itself, uh, standing in for the Winterfell castle, had some, on the last day of filming, had some really cool things hanging off the walls, like... If you guys remember the uh, the episodes, the finale, or the episode nine of season four, the Watchers on the Wall, where that big ice—I want to—I don't want to call it an ice sickle, but it was a sickle. That, it was a scythe. Scythe. There you go. Scythe that went down the wall to clear the climbers off. Winterfell, the uh, set itself now has spiked contraptions outside the walls and the walls are stained red so what we're thinking is people have tried to scale the walls and they filmed it and these contraptions with spikes have been used and i'm thinking maybe john snow set them out himself because he knew about the scythe approach i don't know but it's pretty fucking gruesome and there's some cool um wide shots of this and we've got body parts stacked up on each other so uh, Isis, let me ask you this. Do you think we're going to lose Winterfell in Season 8? Is is Winterfell going to fall? Are the White Walkers going to overcome it, or is it going to be something else? Is there going to be some kind of different battle completely? Do, do the White Walkers pretty much have to go to Winterfell, right? Well, I mean, I would assume so. I mean, that's that's where they're at, and... Um... You know, this is this is where Danny and John are going to be, and I feel like you know this is where the big war is going to go ahead and take place is is up there, and <clears throat> excuse me, and so you know we keep on hearing all these things saying that people are reading the table reads and they're crying, and then you know people are dying, and and you know you, you may not get the outcome that you want. So they're sweet. I, uh, yeah, it's going to be bittersweet. So I feel like in order for it to really be better, bittersweet is that they have been fighting to keep Winterfeld with the Starks and everything. Um, I feel like that's going to be something that we're going to end up losing. I mean, I, I almost feel like that's just that's going to happen. Um, it's ex- I think it should be expected, and and you know it would make sense that. Winterfeld, I mean, the wall fucking came down. Come on, you know? <laughs> right, I right. Mean, you know, the wall came down, and you're talking about Winterfeld here. I, I, I just don't see how it can't happen. And, um, you know, and the war is probably going to be fought there, but that's not where it's going to be won, and hopefully it will be won. Corey uh, Smith, I know that you love following right up after uh, ISIS, so I'm going to ask you a question. Um you being a, a northerner like me, what do you think? Uh, what do you think of all this going on at Winterfell? Is this the final battle, or is it going to be somewhere like King's Landing? Do, do the White Walkers burn themselves out earlier in the season, and, and the, the real war is between Cersei and her enemies, and Jon Snow and Daenerys, or whatever? What do you think? I've always assumed Winterfell was going down um, because you know they teased all this. You know, they've been teasing the White Walkers for 
seven seasons now. They finally make it south of the wall. And if they get stopped at Winterfell, it's kind of anticlimactic. You know, they've always talked about how they, the White Walkers are the biggest threat. The White Walkers could wipe out all of humanity. If they don't even get it out of the north, like, that's kind of a letdown. Let me ask you this. You know the – okay, look – think about the map of Westeros. Coming in at Eastwatch, don't they have to backtrack to go to Winterfell? They don't have to backtrack, but they be, they'd be heading more west than, than south. If anybody's um, ever played Risk – it's like going in to, to, to attack Australia. You have, you can't take your full fucking army into Australia. You can only take part of your army in. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I don't know. I that was just, a super I, nerd comment. I'm not, yeah. I'm not surprised if nobody really got that reference. But that's I don't okay. know the map by, by heart and risk. Um, but yeah, I mean, I just always thought that Winterfell was going to go down, and you know, we've seen this giant set being built in King's Landing, and it seems excessive to build if they're just building for like some sort of fight between John and Cersei, you know? Yeah. And how, and how would they, and then, I mean, and again, we had sort of similar questions before season seven as to how they could do this. And they ended up doing it, but how could they have the white walkers go to the North and then they get defeated. And then John and Danny go down to King's landing and we have another big battle all in one you know what I mean? Like, it seems like it would be too much. It seems more logical. The White Walkers take out John, Danny at Winterfell, and they flee south, and then we get the final battle at King's Landing. And haven't we seen photos of Jon Snow at the King at King's Landing? Right. We've oh, seen okay. we've seen John and Cersei talking in King's Landing in Dubrovnik, um, and you know, filming scenes together. John doesn't have long claw. Or his armored breastplate, so he's he seems to either be a captive or he's there kind of peacefully. Um, and we we saw something that looked like Danny, but we weren't one hundred percent sure if it was her. It kind of looked like her silhouette and the the little silver chain thing that she wore across mm-hmm. her. Um, so yeah, it just seems like it'd be a bit much for them to defeat the White Walkers in Winterfell, then go down to King's Landing and finish off. Cersei and it just seems like Winterfell's going down and going down, you know, in a big way. Corey Thone, I, let me ask you a question. Um, as m- basically a show watcher only, what do you? What is your feeling of the White Walkers? There's basically like twelve of them, right? Is that how you think it is? There's not really a lot of them. How do you think that plays out? I don't know. It's hard to say because they really haven't gotten into showing us much of the White Walkers. Uh, I think that there are more than 12, though, because we've seen um, John and others have killed White Walkers. And, or, yeah, right? Those mm-hmm. are what the the fancy ones are called. And yeah. the dumb ones are called Whites. Yeah. <laughs> so the uh, – <laughs> uh, So I think they have more because if I remember, they took the baby from the gross guy. God damn, you're good. You you knew made exactly him, where I was going with this, didn't you? Made him into a White Walker, right? Isn't mm-hmm. that what they did? And then they raised – I guess they raised them? So, like, they age? I don't know. I, <laughs> I feel like they're going to gloss over that part, <laughs> so it's which is fine. That may but, never be fully explained, but Craster did say – and I'm not sure. Correct me if I'm wrong, Smith, but Craster either said on the show or in the books that he had 99 sons. And a bitch ain't one. Hit me! <laughs> 
So, yes. So he <laughs> yeah, gave every he one of his sons to the White Walkers, and if they're turning the boys into White Walkers, there's way more than just twelve that we saw in that one episode where the baby was brought to the their little fortress of solitude out there in the in the frozen waste. <laughs> and it's what it looked like. It totally. <laughs> It totally looks like the Fortress of Solitude. <laughs> I said the same shit when I saw it. I was like, "What is this? What is this makeshift Fortress of Solitude out here? It looks like uh, like the Ice Queen's castle from Narnia." What What am I looking at? <laughs> and that that's the thing. So they have a. This is what we talked about in the last episode. Is that what I'm most excited about? I, I'm not really excited because there's no way to know if it's actually going to happen. But the thing that I'm most hopeful that we get some sort of explanation as to just. Why? Like, why are you going south? What's the goal? Like, is the goal just to end humanity? That is strange that that, that would be the only goal. And because they've shown clearly that they can plan, they have like, like they have a home base, they have a, a little fortress solitude. The uh, look, I don't see anybody questioning Thanos trying to fucking Infinity War. Nice, job. yes. Thank well, I, in the trailer, she says that Thanos wants to take out half of the universe to restore balance. So if their ultimate goal is to retake the North for balance, then maybe it does stop at Winterfell. So I don't know, but that would be – it seems weird to me. It seems but, dumb. Well, <laughs> are you saying <laughs> – sir, are you saying that purple-ass Thanos is dumb – and that he looks like a thumb with arms because I he looks like Rick from the Pawn Show, whatever his name is. He's, oh my god, he does. <laughs> <laughs> Pawn Stars. My name's Thanos. These are my stupid kids that rebelled against me. And some days you never know what's gonna blow through that portal. And anyway. Oh my! He took god. it as far as it could go. I did. I that's we rode that train. And, and now I'm applauding you, sir. Good job. Thank you. Um, no, but you know what? There's got to be some. I hope they do. Best I can it. do is two Infinity Stones. Take it or leave it. All right. <laughs> but yeah, so the army is either rife with um, White Walkers or it's not. We saw that Jon Snow kills one and a whole bunch of uh, whites dropped. So Jon obviously knows how to. I guess potentially stop them, kill as many White Walkers as possible. I hadn't thought about that. There's, I, I mean, obviously we've talked about we talked about last season. Um, you know the if John did kill the Night King, the the spear the spear throwing one of them there. You know, yeah, uh, the spear fella. If, if they kill him, will all the other ones? Because he's clearly king. Would would he? Would all the other ones drop? I mean, that was an interesting conversation, but. Once they get all that dragon stone or dragon what dragon glass dragon glass yeah all the dragon glass harvested uh are they are the white walkers going to have to insulate themselves because if one of them goes down and all of a sudden a fourth of the army they have there goes down because of it you know then that that could be an issue if they start just dragon stone they're dragon glass tipping like arrows and <laughs> stuff. I mean, that could really pose an issue, I think. That's well, they, they, I mean, you bring that up, but they have 
We had a set uh, photo of the Unsullied walking around with dragonglass spears. That's a good segue into our next topic. So, yeah, I mean, what you're saying makes a lot of sense because they definitely are paying attention to that. So go ahead. No, you know what? I think I'll let you continue because you pronounce this don't, quarry don't so well. Damn I really want to hear David say this. So <laughs> no, yeah, I vote David. Sorry. My Jeremorn. <laughs> <laughs> wasn't that wasn't that a Zelda game or yes. is that something else? The legacy of Majera Morn Quarry. Um, God, Dan is gonna laugh at me all day tomorrow when he's going through this podcast. Anyway, um, listen, there's this big, huge green screen they've set up at the quarry. The quarry is the spot where they filmed Castle Black, um, Hard Home. Uh, so it's it's been the set for many things, uh, large battles. And this green screen, Smith, is the biggest one we've ever seen, correct? For Game of Thrones, yeah. It's, it's by by far the biggest one we've ever seen. The other ones have been, you know, miniature versions, basically. This one is hundreds of yards long and several stories tall. So you can film some massive things in front of it. And now the new photos... Your that- mom. <laughs> oh, my God. Did you just drop a your mom? All right, so now... We've seen photos of a white, snowy field in front of the green screen, and as Smith mentioned, um, silhouettes of what appear to be Unsullied holding their um, iconic spears and with their helmets. Um, If the Night King wants to add to his army, all he's got to do is take these dudes out because supposedly they're one of the best fighting forces, even though – they got owned in season five, and Sir Barrison died because of. It. But I won't talk about that too long anymore. But um, yeah, they they they're one of the best fighting forces, and I don't know. What do you think, Corey Smith? You think we're gonna see some Unsullied added to the Night King's army? Maybe they're the ones that attack Winterfell. Maybe they help bring Winterfell down. I mean, yeah, I'm sure we're gonna see some Unsullied. I'm guessing by the time the Night King gets to. Winterfell, he's going to have knocked out a couple of the castles up north. So his, he's going to have a sizable army, You know, not that he didn't have one already. But, uh, I mean, to me, I, I would think the Unsullied are going to meet him out in the field. I mean, they're... they're uh, That's where they're most effective. Right. They're a phalanx-type infantry unit, so they're going to be out there in the field. Um, you know, that's where they work best, and they, you know, so... It makes sense that we're seeing them in this field um, at Maggerhorn Quarry. So, um, Maggerhorn, I mean, huh? Yeah, and so they, you know, that makes sense. Um, obviously, the you know, you wouldn't need the green screen just to film, you know, them fighting whites. So most likely, that green screen is going to include dragons. Oh so, yeah. Oh come on. And, yes. And also. The the giants that we saw coming through the wall. Oh my uh, god, you guys! I have just so, the biggest nerd boner ever. Giants yeah. versus Unsullied. Oh my god! Yes. Giants, Unsullied, dragons flying around in the sky. I mean, obviously they're playing something pretty pretty massive. So yeah, I mean, I'm sure we're gonna see tons of Unsullied uh, casualties and them showing up in the Night King's army. So yeah, absolutely. Okay, so. That's a pretty cool 
spoiler filled little thing going on and it could be out in the field the, the green screen could could be a backdrop for winterfell it could be the field in front of winterfell could be literally anywhere we've seen all kinds of different spots but um i i like the idea of dragons and giants and phalanxes of uh unsullied going at each other um isis let me ask you a question you are would you call yourself a connoisseur of john snow's uh luxurious locks yes i would i would love i i love uh i can wax poetically about my uh beautiful cinnamon bun (laughs) too good for the too good for this world uh and his beautiful chocolate locks oh let me ask you this man bun or not man bun what's your favorite look his hair on the bed <laughs> I, I mean, I, I feel like there's no right answer to this question. I mean, I will, I, I will take him either way. I, I have no, no, you know, qualms about. I guess you know. I guess it depends if, if he's fighting Man Bun. If he's like you know, sexing it up on Danny, then I would like you know his curly locks to be all around his face. Yeah. Mm. So there you go. Okay. I've all right. The reason I bring this up is. A random photo has surfaced uh, through the uh, YouTube channel uh, Talking Thrones. They they claim they got it from Instagram, I believe. Um, it's been all over Reddit. And people are claiming that this is a photo from Season 8 filming. It's Kit Harrington, Amelia Clark inside an enclosure. Um, the ground appears to either be white from snow or white from sand. We can't really tell, or it could be a, bat- a tent bottom. We don't really know for sure yet. Um, there's could n- be that salt from that planet in Last Jedi. Yeah. Why does everybody go back to Jakku? <laughs> oh, Literally, no one, no one goes back to Jakku. It's not like a fallback. We're <laughs> <laughs> such nerds. Oh uh, god, and I blew that one too. I, I meant crate. My bad. Anyway, um. But Jon Snow, Danny there, um, here's the thing. Jon in this photo has got his man bun. He's rocking the man bun. Um, Danny, he's, he's got, looks like he's got his hands around Danny's waist and her, her arms appear to be dropped by her side. She's looking up at him. He's looking down at her and she's got a backwards jacket on. So obviously they're rehearsing their lines. They're not actual filming yet. And the picture's taken from above, so somebody's on some scaffolding or something, they're taking a picture from above. And a lot of, there's two different theories going on out here. So here's what we really, I mean, as if this podcast hasn't already got so far in the fucking weeds, we'll never get back. But this really goes off into the woods. Um, a lot of people want to theorize that this is the moment John forges Lightbringer, the sword of Azorahai, and how he does this, get ready for it, is by plunging his sword into Danny's chest and killing her. Wait, uh, what? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's it's a whole book thing. It's a whole book thing. It's never been brought up on the show. Lightbringer's been talked about. Um, I think Azor High has been mentioned. Maybe the prince that was promised definitely has. Right? I'm not sure. I get they they mix metaphors and all that kind of stuff all the time. But here's the thing: a lot of people are theorizing because the person who did this. YouTube channel said that this is the moment John plunges his sword through Danny, forges Lightbringer, and that gives him the weapon to finally defeat the Night King. <laughs> so Isis, the reason I ask you about the haircut, he's wearing their man bun. So 
Would you be happy with this happening? I mean, he's been- no, it just seems so out of place for, I mean, I could see him stabbing her if she was like a fucking white walker or something like that. I mean, seriously, I don't even understand like what would cause him to do that. There, There's like, he's just one of the most honorable people in this in the show, in the books, uh, I'm assuming because I haven't read the books, but uh, I mean, there is just really no reason for him to do that. I, I would completely disqualify that. <laughs> and whoever fucking said that and told them, you have no YouTube channel. You, why don't you just fucking you are log banned. off? No, just literally log off the internet and just stop. Just stop. <laughs> Corey says, break, think... down, break down Lightbringer real quick for, for Isis. Let her, like, give, give her the, give her the cliff notes version. I still don't even give a shit. It's not, it's not feasible. <laughs> but go ahead. Go, Corey. Tell, tell me, tell me where I'm wrong. No, no, no. First of all, I, I don't agree that that, this is the moment. Oh, yeah. If let any... me say, I don't think that's going to happen at all. I'm just I, telling I you that's what. Yeah, I mean, if anything, this guy captured a random moment when John, when Kit Harrington and Amelia Clark are talking about something on set. But I think he was eye fucking her, but that's just me. It Go really ahead. looks like that. Yeah, I mean, they are pretty close, so I would guess they're filming. But it, I, I mean, I doubt it. He doesn't have a sword in his hand for one thing. Um, but I mean, the the theory of Lightbringer is it's a sword that the the last hero forged. Or, or no, Azora High Forge some, to defeat the White Walkers, mm-hmm. and he the first time he forged it, he he worked on it for I don't know twenty days or some shit, and he put it into water, and the sword immediately broke. So then he worked on it for forty days. He he plunged it through the heart of a lion, um, and then it immediately broke. So then he worked for 60 days, and he plunged it through the heart of his wife, um, and the and the sword Nisa got Nisa. some. Yeah, Nisa Nisa was his wife, and he got some sort of the sword got some sort of magical powers through her sacrifice, and he was able to defeat the the great other. So that's the theory. I mean, if if you buy into the that John is Azora High reborn, which is another part of the the theory that Azora High would return to fight the the Night King. Then he would have to complete the whole kind of prophecy thing. I I just I don't know. I mean, I just John, don't think Jon Snow is the kind of person that would do that. I'm I, I'm just saying. I'm keeping it real. Jon Snow I mean, doesn't seem like the type of person who's going to be like, yeah, I'm going to stab you. In the hopes that this prophecy comes true, and that's right. a fucked up po- prophecy. By the, the show, way, the show has already had a character kill someone they loved to fulfill their destiny, and it failed. Stannis and Shireen. So, yeah, so I think that that is going to prevent the show from having it happen and have it work. I think what's going to make John the actual or whoever. Um, let me just say, I'm not sold on John surviving until the end, necessarily, although I guess he could be the one that saves everyone. But I think the thing that's going to make him um, the the hero at the end or whatever is that he's not going to do that. He, he's different than people like Stannis in that regard. It's like he's, he's different. Sacrifice. He's sacrificed himself or whatever, and then... Uh, you know, he's about to like 
he's like charging right at the bad guy or whatever, and then Danny will fly in at the last second with a dragon and knock him out of the way, and then she'll be really hurt and she'll wait, kiss wait, him. Wait, wait, wait! Sorry, like no, I'm sorry, that's the last Jedi. Okay, okay, okay. Uh, but, uh, I'm sorry, I'm getting my fantasy world confused. No, but I do think that. And John, then they ride space horses and they leave the planet. I, I think you're on to something. I, I think, think John, could John be the sacrifices one who, himself before he sacrifices yeah. Danny. I think he could be the one who says, I don't care if, if the gods are requiring some sort of sacrifice, I have to kill somebody innocent, then I'm not going to do it. You know what I mean? So I think you're on to something. I could definitely see him breaking the cycle. He doesn't want to be Stannis. He doesn't want to be all these other people. And he's not going to kill somebody he loves slash somebody who's basically innocent. In order to defeat the, you know, whatever the threat is. You know what? I would even see him even sacrificing himself to become a white and like the leader of the whites and to get them back on the other side of the wall. Yeah, he could do like uh, Orlando Bloom in Pirates of the Caribbean. Oh my God, Davy Jones it up! Yeah, damn it, I love you, Corey. And then he could come back every ten years and bang Amelia Clark. That's right. That's right. But wait, didn't right. he come back in the last movie? God damn it! I don't know. There's still many of them. I don't know. I have only. I have. I stopped movies. watching. Okay, yeah, I so watching. the other theory is that the backwards jacket, because it looks like Amelia Clark is kind of like he, the way Ken Harrington's bent towards her, his, his, his hands on her waist. She kind of looks like she's leaning back a little bit. Like, and the jacket looks like it might be um, covering up Preggers belly. What do you guys? What would you guys think of pregnant Daenerys in season eight? Okay, can I tackle this one? Yes, please do. Okay, so I just want to say that during this off season, I've been reading a lot of fucking fan fiction, specifically pregnant Danny. And let me just say, <laughs> I am fucking here for it. Here for it. Okay. Really? And uh, I am so so in here for it you just don't even understand um it, and, it, and if you you know want to know about some great fan fiction to read as far as danny being pregnant uh go ahead and, and just ping me or or you know on twitter or whatever the case may be. um <laughs> yeah i am totally here for it i think that i think that's that's what's going to happen and that's what's going to make john one, not stab Danny, because that's fucking stupid. Uh, and two, sacrifice himself for his child and the woman that he, let's, you know, say that he might like immensely. I don't know. I mean, I don't want to say he's in love with her, but he was down to boner. So, I mean, uh, on, yeah. a, on a boat. So, I'm, I'm going to say that he, he likes her, at least. And uh, so... I, that's what I'm saying is that I think that uh, I, I would totally believe that she would be pregnant. And maybe that is the prince who was promised. I have no idea. Boom. Boom. I like that. I have no idea because I don't either really. And at this point, we don't even really know that this is a season eight photo, although the prevailing thought is that it is. Um, I mean, let's just be honest. If it was a, a, a picture that had come out, you know, during season seven, we would have already seen it already. I, I, pro I, you're probably right. That's true. Yeah. That's true. Yeah. I mean, people just can't help but post pictures when they get them immediately. No one's holding on to this and saying, ooh, this would make a really good season eight picture. 
Uh, but I'm just fucking with you. I need to get you know some Reddit mean? karma. I'm going to save it for season eight. Yeah. Exactly. Like, no one's doing that shit. All right. Well, Phone, you've been quiet about uh, Danny being pregnant. Uh, I think, honestly, she a pregnant Danny makes her an even more angry mama bear mama type Danny. Because she was told she couldn't get pregnant ever again unless some kind of crazy shit happened, right? So what are your thoughts on a possible – Preggers, Danny, maybe giving birth to a new generation, a new life after after the Night King is defeated, possibly if he is defeated at the end. I mean, I, I don't know if, if these are even tropes that we're getting into at this point, but what, what's your thoughts on that? I mean, I think if Danny gets pregnant, then like before the last, I, I'm just saying before the end, like if the last like little bit is like, oh, and she's pregnant, then whatever. But if it's if she's pregnant. During the first few episodes, and there's a lot of battles to be fought. It's she's going to have a hard time doing that. Uh, John A isn't going to want her to go, but B, um, she you know has already tried and failed to have a kid, and she's going to be nervous about that. And also is going to you know want to protect her unborn child and not you know want to fight or whatever. I guess I don't know. Well, John, dude, be the same Maggie's way. doing John's- it every week on Walking Dead. <laughs> <laughs> she's not even she's showing yet. That shit. She, <laughs> I'm like, you still uh, watching that show? That shit is an ac- accurate description. Yes, I am fortunately still watching it. I but. hate watch it every Sunday. Okay. I'm with you, bro. Every Sunday I hate watch it. Yeah. Every, I do. Okay, so but this is my thing is that if Danny's pregnant, you're right. She's going to be super protective. So is John. So is going to be Tyrion. So is Drogon. Um, the dragon's going to yeah. know she's pregnant. Absolutely, and so I feel like... Everybody got really quiet there for a second. <laughs> I know, right? I don't know what happened. What the fuck's he talking about, know. dragon? I... <laughs> well, I just feel like, you know, what my point was is the fact that if she is pregnant and it does happen early on or whatever, that, yeah, there's there's going to be a lot of pushback on, you know, from her people in her inner circle and everything, whereas if it happens at the end, that'd be awesome. Who the hell is yawning? That was me. Sorry. Oh, I thought I was I Smith. I was totally, totally, no. No, that one wrong. I was totally going to blame Smith. I was going to nope. be like, Smith. Nope. What? You know what, Smith? I, I apologize. You are you are professional, yeah. and that Corey phone is not. Yeah. Muted. <laughs> Blocked. <laughs> All right. Um, let's move on to our last topic of the evening. Um, last week, we got a brand new favorite HBO executive. Her name is uh, Friends. Cheska Orsi, and she spoke at Jerusalem at this conference, and, man, she went off. She had a lot of things to say, but um, she talked about, in particular, the final table read for uh, Season 8. And so I'm going to read you what she said, and it's pretty fucking – I don't know. You take it how, you, how, you, how it is, but here – It was a really powerful moment in our lives and our careers. None of the cast had received the scripts prior, and one by one they started to fall down to their deaths. Uh, By the end, the last few words on the final script, the tears just started falling down. Then there was applause, then it lasted for like 15 minutes. Um, uh, Dan made fun of the – on on Take the Black Live, they made fun of the 15-minute applause. I can't – I – listen, man, you guys know I get really excited for things. 
Like, after the season seven premiere, I called it the best episode ever of Game of Thrones for like a week. I said it was the best yeah. episode. And even then, I applauded that for like five seconds. I can't imagine applauding anything for 15 minutes, just to be honest with you. Um, maybe I, maybe I'm lazy. I don't know, but applauding for 15 minutes, just, it's not necessary. Let's just get that out of the way. Um, but let's, let's go around the, the, the table here. And Corey Phone, I'm going to start with you. Dropping to their deaths one by one. Hyperbole, um, metaphor, exaggeration, or factual content. What? <laughs> what? <laughs> oh. what are you asking me? What do you think about her comments? Oh, uh, I'll be honest. I walked away to go use the bathroom and came back and got the last, like, <laughs> so uh, what Where's we do here bed? on Take the Black is we have a chat channel and we let each other know when we go to the bathrooms, so we all know not to call on uh, people. Seriously, Corey Stone just gets up and beer walks break. away. Beer break. I oh let everybody God. know. That's right. right. Once again, I'm professional. Yeah, but here's the thing, man. I can do that and get away with it because I'm cute. You can't, so just deal with it. <laughs> all right. So He's not wrong. Did you not hear the whole <laughs> dropping down to their desk thing? No, I didn't. Just All right. Was... The new HBO exec said that the final table read, as they got around to the table read, they were like, as they started to one by one fall down to their deaths. What do you think that it, that is she talking about actual deaths? Because um, one by one, she made it sound like the entire room died. I mean, they might. It, it could be. It could be the most obvious, you know, misdirect ever, as well. Uh, I do think a lot of people are going to die, so it could. I mean, that, that could be fairly accurate. But I don't. Uh, if if it's a final table read and they're just basically everyone dies in the last episode, that would be interesting too, I guess. But I I'd don't, be pissed. Uh, I'm 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 going to be honest with you. I'd be pissed. I mean, someone's going to live. Like I don't. I don't see this show ending with the Night King sitting on the throne you know in king's landing or hey, something. listen man my theory is still in play the night king and his army wipes out everybody except for like pockets of of like people living in caves and everything resorts back to the stone age that's my theory but uh and it's still in play could happen hmm. uh cory uh well not cory cory smith i'm gonna hit you up last because we're gonna segue into something else but isis how would you feel about everybody dying at the at the end in, in, when this this is the final table read, and the very, very obviously this is the last of the script. How would you feel if like there's some big, huge climactic battle and um, there's death? Everybody dies at the well, end. Everybody. First of all, I'm not going to trust some somebody who said that you know the cast of was it Big Little Liars uh, fucking raped them. Oh God, you. Uh, oh God. No. I, I just, I'm sorry. I have a hard time believing <clears throat> that somebody. First of all that somebody with some freaking conscience would say something like that. Uh, by the way, solid show, if you haven't seen it. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, so I, I have a hard time believing also that somebody stood up for 15 minutes, uh, you know, to clap. I mean, that's just, like, really weird. I've never even seen that in, like, sports or entertainment or even in the military. I've never even seen in anybody church. I've been clap. to church. They don't do that yeah, in church. Yeah, that's, like, Weird. That's yeah. So I, I have a hard time believing that crap. Um, I believe if my husband had his way, 
he would have everybody die and the king and the night king sit on the throne like that would be his perfect ideal like that's how the show finishes and stuff um personally i mean i think it would be incredible um it would be kind of unprecedented kind of situation on a on a big tv that you know everybody freaking dies everybody that we've loved dies and the night king is the one who's ruling uh you know lands and everything but at the same time i do want to see my faves live uh i do feel like you know john snow he has you know he's going to live out his resourcefulness and he's going to end up freaking dying at the end and he's going to he's going to die like he lived sacrificing and um and so and he's going to sacrifice himself for others to live and and that's just been his you know the way he's lived his life and everything so i think that you know i think there's a potential for um uh tanza to live cuz everybody wants her to fucking die and then I feel like uh, there's a potential for, you know, um, you know, Danny to kind of come out of this alive, maybe pregnant with uh, Jon Snow's uh, baby, uh, you know, her, like, what it would be, would it be her, like, nephew twice removed slash son? I don't know. Anyway, mm, I, I, that, I can't I can't trace that back. And I'm I, from I can't even trace it. Yeah, I know. I can't even trace it either. And I live in the South. And so, uh, so I think it's going to be really interesting, but I, me personally, I don't want to see everybody die, but I do realize that some people do need to die, but I do understand the segment of the community that is like, fuck it, kill everybody and let the Night King live. So, um, wrapping things up here, um, this new exec who talked about 15-minute applause and all that kind of stuff and people dropping to their death, um, did say, talked about the spinoffs or the prequels, whatever you want to talk about. There's supposed to be about five in development, although we probably won't get maybe two or three for Lucky, maybe two. Hell, we might even get just one, but um, she did say that the budget – she said that in season eight, the budget uh, has – uh, it, it, you know, well, she didn't talk about the budget season eight. We know that it's about ninety million dollars uh, for season eight to, to film. That's a lot of money, right? Um, to to as a reference, Amazon is is probably going to spend about <laughs> five hundred million dollars on uh, the first two seasons of the Lord of the Rings. Uh, Bullshit. Five hundred million. <laughs> That is no lie. That is an well, actual factual accounting. Okay. Well, there's one caveat. They allegedly they had to pay the Tolkien estate two hundred and fifty million dollars just for the rights. So half of that is is that. But still, why? though, why would you do that? Just yeah, just, no, that's, that's stupid. If Game yeah. of Thrones season eight is spending ninety million, and Amazon is. J- Willing to jump in bed even for let's say they you know like hundred million each season that's still insane right off the bat but that that's another topic for another time. Um, she did say that while they 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 owe it to the fans to come in big with the spinoffs right basically you can't come in with a spinoff and and and, and come out of the gate soft you got to go right at it and um, did say that they would try to do. A season three type budget. They spent fifty million dollars in season three. Um, 
So we might be getting a prequel or a spinoff where they're laying out some major cash for probably CGI, especially if they do Valyria. Uh, Smith, they talked about doing old Valyria, right? Yeah, I mean, as far as we know, everything's on the table. Um, we don't know what time frame they're going to do. They did say they're only going to be shooting one project at a time. So once they they have five in development, but they're going to pick one and go with that one. And like you said, they're going to go big. Um, I I don't know what this. I I forget what the season one budget was, but it, it was significantly smaller than the season three budget of fifty million dollars. So, but I think they they don't have a whole lot of choice. I mean, you can't do a a Game of Thrones prequel or spinoff, whatever you want to call it, and have a, a low budget. Um, you know, it's got to look on par with you know, the, the original, the, the mother series. Otherwise people aren't going to, and you know, they're going to think it's an inferior product just by looking at it. Um, you know, and, and they do have the advantage of, you know, when they made game, of, everybody forgets when they were, when they made the first season of game of Thrones, it wasn't anything close to a surefire, you know, hit. It wasn't the it didn't test well, people didn't get it. Right. So, you know, all she was basically saying was we're not we're not going to spend, you know, they, they had to cut all this stuff in season one um, because they did it on a small budget. And that's typical for most TV series. You know, the first season isn't the one that has the big budget because you don't want to go all in on a show that some people may not like. And they had to refilm um, entire episodes with different actors. So, yeah, they they had to film virtually the entire refilm virtually the entire mm-hmm. first episode, um, including yeah, like you said, they had to recast Daenerys, um, Catelyn, Catelyn, Sean Bean played uh, Brandon Stark, and mm-hmm. they had to recast you know so there was a lot going on so you know all she was mainly focused on was that they're going to spend a, a good amount of money they're not going to skimp on the first season um which i think should be good news for yeah. for fans of the of the show um you know and they're obviously betting a lot on the goodwill that they've established with with this season i mean with this series so you know it all makes sense uh, i think um other than like what isis was saying her you know her stupid comments about big little lies but that was awful. she also I, I thought she she uh the hbo guys were kind of throwing some shade at, at amazon because uh casey blows or blows blows i don't know how you say, well, I say blows i don't know man. Blois. Blois. he he uh and he's been involved for for a while he he threw he was talking he said that basically money doesn't always equal quality um, so that just because a show gets like super expensive doesn't mean that it's going to be a good show. So to me, it was kind of him throwing money at Amazon cause they can't, they can't compete with Amazon's money. No, of course That's not. That's bold I mean, talk for a network to spend all that money on vinyl. Right. <laughs> God, what an awful show. Oh my and God. They, and they, it was they, fine, but it wasn't worth it. It was not. No. And, <laughs> And that wasn't the only thing. I mean, they, you know, they they talked about how they are focused on, you know, they're not trying to be volume, uh, com- you know, a volume company like Netflix. Um, you know, Netflix releases a new original series just about every other day. 
Um, not all of them are good. Um, so they they were talking about how whatever they do, they wait, want to wait, wait, sure wait, 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 wait. So you don't like Iron Fist? What are you telling me? What I are got, you telling me? I got an episode into it, and that was it. Somehow we missed the fact that Finn Jones can't act on <laughs> Game of Thrones. I don't know how we missed that. But I don't he, think anybody missed that. I think we all knew that, and we all laughed at them when they casted his ass. Yeah, so Damn. I don't know. But, yeah, they... They 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 were throwing shade. I don't know what was going on over in they they had this panel in Jerusalem and I guess everybody was you know they were away from home and and they just were throwing shade and saying stupid in shit. In the Holy Land. They're fucking yeah. throwing shade in the Holy listen, Land, man. Listen, have you, ever, have you ever listen, they were probably drinking Manischewitz. That shit's good. <laughs> it is good. It will get lie. you lit really quick too. So <laughs> Yeah, no, they were going my, crazy. My whole thing about that is like even Amazon has had some serious flops. I mean, like let let's just be honest, the Top Gear 2.0 that they've thrown so much money at and then just to go ahead and cancel it. Oh. Uh, I mean, let's let's be honest, that's a big freaking egg on Amazon's face. Well, too. they're big they're big. The next Game of Thrones was Britannia and it was terrible. I mean, I tried I watched it completely through and I was I was like I'm going to watch it again. And I can have more perspective and see if it does hold up. It doesn't, man. It's garbage. It's not a good show. It's it's not the next Game of Thrones. They really are putting – I mean, <laughs> if $500 million for the first couple of seasons, even acquiring the rights from the Tolkien Estates is, is accurate, that's a lot of eggs in a basket. Well, that's even – I mean, you take out the 250 for the rights. That's right. still two, That's still $125 million per season. And yeah, that's a shit ton of money. And I think, you know, HBO, all those, ex- you know, they're throwing shade, but they also had a point just because you, you spend money doesn't make it a quality product. Um, and in some cases, you know, lower budget can make people get more creative and, and do certain things. I mean, they talked about season one, you know, they had budget for shit and they couldn't, they, they literally didn't have enough budget to film outside. They could. Right? They didn't even film a major battle in season one. Tyrion got right, knocked but, down. We didn't get to see the battle. Right. We're, but we're talking. They they just didn't even have enough money to film outside, and they didn't have enough minutes to fill the season. So Benioff and Weiss had to go rewrite. You know, write up a bunch of scenes, and we got fantastic scenes like Cersei and Roberts. Um, you know, they're where they talk about what holds the seven kingdoms together and, and their marriage and all that. And we got fantastic scenes like that out of their creativity and the, their lack of budget. We are at an hour, so we're going to wrap it up for tonight. We will be back in two weeks. Uh, hopefully some more filming news will be coming out. But listen, if you guys want us to talk about a certain topic, it doesn't matter. Anything in the Game of Thrones, the Song of Ice and Fire world, or even in, in you know, we can – we're not opposed to talking about other shows a little bit during this show. Um, so we'll keep it mainly Game of Thrones. But if you have us, Westworld's going to be coming out soon. You want to you want to hear some Westworld talk? We'll talk about it. Corey Smith doesn't like that show because he's scared of robots, but that's okay. We'll hold his hand through it. Other than that, we'll be back in two weeks to, ki- to continue our conversation, uh, hopefully with some filming news for myself, for Corey Smith, for Corey Stone, and for Isis, who we're so happy is finally back with us. This has been Take the Black. House Razor, Valar Mogulis. <laughs>